0: Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll-free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir, I'd like you to take the helm, please.
1: I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and R.B. Tom rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly and hey look we're just uh, up the road from the aviation center of the universe next week which will be sun and fun we have gene conrad to help us uh, kick off the show the big kahuna president ceo of sun and fun with us uh, gene how you doing are you holding up okay or what
2: i don't know what day is it Can someone <laughs> exactly. tell exactly me- Right. I think I think we're eight days out, but uh, we're super excited. Weather's looking great. Tents are coming out of the ground, and all our volunteers and the team here, we're all working diligently and like little ants getting it done. So we're ready to go.
1: Well, there you go. Uh, they're working ahead, uh, and we are too, uh, by the way. So uh, we're going to be out there in full force. You'll hear uh, probably the next couple of shows of Just Plain Radio, at least from Sun and Fun, because there's so much to cover, so many people. Uh, that come out to this event from around the uh, world, for that matter. I mean, uh, do you got any projections? Do you like to uh, say how many people might show up this year, Gene? Or are we going to break records? Or is that like jinxing everything? What do you think?
2: Uh, yeah, I'm I'm very superstitious, so yeah. I don't like the jinx stuff. But what I will <laughs> tell you is, you know, we have a new website this year at flysnf.org and a new ticketing system. So what I will say. Um, not to get the cart before the horse. Um, our ticket sales are probably about forty percent higher than they were this time last year. Now, nice. Is that is that the new site? Is that the new ticketing system? Is it the fact we're really not dealing with the pandemic anymore? Even though we know we're still dealing with COVID, but it, you know we're not the, you know we're past that, right? And everybody's out moving around and working and all that. So I think that's all kind of baked in there. So. It looks good, but we'll see at the end of the week. I'll tell you on April second. How about that?
1: Okay, fair enough. I, you know, I, I'm going to go out on a limb and predict that this will be a record breaker, uh, Dennis. And you want to? I will tell you. Yeah, you, you think so?
2: Our, yeah, our exhibitors. I mean, it's our our numbers are even past 2019, so pre-pandemic as far as our exhibitor counts, um, and and we're full. Uh, so that's a great thing. It's a good place to be. So we're just going to ride the wave and and see how this goes.
1: Right. Well, he doesn't like to predict. I do. Uh, Dennis, you with me on this? What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I'll put
2: my money
3: on that. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of pent up demand. I mean, last year was good, but I think this year it's going to be even better.
1: Right. And and you know, that's good for the industry in general, I think. I mean, when everybody gets together like this, uh, you know, no matter, even if you don't even come to something, which really you should uh it's good when everybody comes out and gets together for an event like this and the stronger it is the better it is for the industry as a whole you think uh, gene
2: yeah and i think a big thing too is you know again not dealing with the pandemic this year and our international friends you know we have lots and lots of visitors historically coming from south america and i think i think i believe we're going to see a lot of return of our friends from down south and our friends from canada too that haven't been here over the last several years. So I think we're going to see a big influx of our international visitors. So it it should be good. Um, uh, so let's go. We're ready. Uh, uh,
1: well, you know what? We're going to be uh, out there, uh, you know, getting inspired to be pilots and everything else with uh, the Just plain Radio crew. And hopefully we'll see a lot of people that we uh, yap at every week, too. So feel free to come up and abuse us, complain, comment, whatever the case may be. We'll be out there in force doing our thing. And, you know, lights, who uh, Gene took over for, I know he's going to be out there probably in a much more relaxed mode than you are this year. You think, Gene?
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, he'll be much more relaxed, probably having a beer in his hand occasionally, and times enjoying himself. Uh, But I saw him out there today at our uh, VIP chalet, the 927 chalet. We're working with his wife, Nancy, who chairs it for us. I saw him actually carrying things around. So he's actually doing more this year, maybe the last year. Well, maybe. That's just a joke. <laughs> That's just uh, what you
1: do. You pitch in to help out. It's a big yep, volunteer absolutely. organization uh, that runs this uh, event. And, and it's an impressive thing. They're literally building a city in Lakeland, Florida. And it's yeah, we, uh, amazing. We, we
2: are nothing without our volunteers. And we have over 2,500 that descend you know, on this airport here in Lakeland, Florida. To help us get it done. And we have yearly birds. People are with us year round. Our early birds were with us for four or five months leading up to the event. And then our friends that come in 10 to 14 days, you know, to help us just put it all together. Um, But they're phenomenal. We're so grateful and thankful because without them, we just couldn't get this done. And my team, too. I mean, they're, they're, we're really, I will tell you, we're actually ahead of schedule this year. I mean, basically all the tents are up already. um, And we're just putting the finishing touches on everything.
1: Well, there you go. FlySNF.org is the website to uh, get everything you need to know about flying in, uh, all, all the events going on, how to volunteer. Just fly FlySNF.org. Uh, okay. And Gene, tell us, uh, what are some of the new events? So you got some pretty cool, I don't know, new areas that are going to take place here at Sun and Fun this year, right?
2: Yeah. So the big one for us, especially for our flying traffic, and, you know, it's called the islands. Right, so if you can go to our website at flysnf.org, look up the island. So this is our social hub, services hub for all of our fly-in friends. Everybody who's flying in, whether you're parking or camping. It's in the center of it all. So if you've seen any of my videos over time or looked at the maps, all the aircraft parking and camping areas on the east side of the airport this year. And really, the biggest reason for doing that was because of the island. We want to be able to provide, you know, the best services, the best amenities you know, for our flying guests. And so what the island is this year is where the seabirds have been historically over the last several years. So the seabirds are just moving west of Texaway, Echo One. And so where the seabirds have been um, is, again, called the island. We have frescoes there. So we have 100 by 20, 100, 120 by 60 foot um, tent out there for food and beverage. So Fresco's local restaurant here will be serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner out there. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an Uber lift drop off out there. So people want to get off the field to go downtown to eat or want to have friends come out and see the great aircraft. They are able to do that. We have the island store. Um, So there'll be items out there like our country store and the campground for the RV and tent campers. We'll have that out there for our aircraft campers this year. Um, We'll also have the ability for the aircraft campers. If you're an Instacart customer, you can actually make Instacart purchases at Publix, which is a grocery store just down the road, about a mile and a half from the airport. And have those groceries and whatever you buy delivered right to you at the island. Wow! Um, We have a tram stop there. So we have new trams um, that will be running called the Island Runners. That will run through all the aircraft parking and camping areas to make sure everybody can move around as efficiently as possible. Uh, The Pilot Welcome Center is at the island. Uh, We'll have picnic tables out there. We're going to have the air show sound each day. It's a great viewing area for the air show. So you can eat, have a beverage, um, and listen to the air show because we'll have all the air show sound piped in. So it is It is the social hub, the amenities hub, and we want our friends to come in and whether you're parking or you're camping and build camaraderie and have a good time out there and, and enjoy yourselves. And so it's, it's a big, big new item for us in area, and we're really excited about it.
1: Love it. Now, what, what about the air show itself? Who are some of the big stars we can expect to see? Anything new or the same roster of yeah. top-notch aerobatic uh, uh, pilots or what?
2: No, we have the top-notch folks. I mean, obviously, the Blue Angels are headlining, so they'll be here on Thursday, and they fly over the weekend. But, you know, Rob Holland, Patty Wagstaff, Kevin Coleman, Jim Pites. Um, I'm going to forget a bunch. Uh, Doug mm-hmm. Rosendahl, uh, Rosie, and Mr. Mulligan. So if you know about Mr. Mulligan, Golden Age of Air Racing, um, it's it's the uh, the one-of-a-kind. One it's a replica, obviously. But he's going to do a full aerobatic performance in Mr. Mulligan this year, so that's going to be exciting for us. So great daily air show. Great night shows on Wednesday and Saturday, but a big plus-up for us this year um, is what we're calling the Sunset Aerial Circus down at Paradise City on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday evenings. Hmm. So non-night air show nights down there at Paradise City. We're going to be flying Yunkers, Waco, and their new light sport aircraft will be debuting down there. Then we've got our um, our Stoll Invitational. Uh, we've got Arrhythmia with the uh, paramotors will be flying. Uh, We may have some uh, special guests and jets flying over the top. SOCOM will be jumping parachuters in there, balloon glow, and some uh, 3D RC flying down there to end the show each night. So that starts at 7 and runs till 8.30. So a lot of activity down in Paradise City, along with food trucks down there as well. So we got the smells going on and the good Mm. times. And, you know, when, when the sun goes down, it just seems like it gets so much more fun because it's much more relaxed. It's the end of the day and the sun's going down and So we're going to have a lot of good times down there at uh, Paradise City this year as well.
1: No doubt. And and you're hanging with your fellow aviation enthusiasts. Uh, I'm telling you, this is the aviation center of the universe. Uh, Next week, Sun and Fun, Lakeland, Florida. Be there. FlySNF.org. Gene Conrad, he is the CEO, President, Big Kahuna. You name it, he'll be there. Say hi to him when you are walking the grounds. And Gene, thanks for being on Just Plane Radio.
2: See you guys soon. And, uh, you know, everybody be safe. Look forward to having you join us here at the 49th Annual Sun and Fun Aerospace Expo. Absolutely. Absolutely, And we got more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted
1: exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to justplainradio.com, send us an email, and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter.
0: you are now clear for takeoff with just plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
2: my current boyfriend uh when we first started dating i gave him helicopter lessons flying lessons for his birthday. He never showed an interest in flying, but I just gave them to him in case, like, the world has gone to shit and we need to fly away. You can't in a
0: day learn to fly a helicopter.
2: Yeah, you can. And it's not even that much money.
0: No, you cannot. I'm telling you, you cannot learn. Yes, you can. He's good at flying a helicopter after he a day. He never did
2: it because he was scared. But... Um, <laughs> But I'll get someone to do it. I just have to have someone that knows how to fly. I can
1: fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. Uh, Gearing up for Sun and Fun next week. Once again, we'll be broadcasting from the event. Probably at least the next couple shows. Maybe even more than that. There's just so much going on in Lakeland, Florida. Next week, uh, it's hard to cover in one show. Let alone two, maybe even three. So we will see who we run into and it is one of those rare opportunities where are out and about people might uh, actually go hey hey you're dennis oh i like you oh and you're greg oh you suck you know that kind of so feel free to do that and and, and reverse those comments if you uh so choose i i really like it when they do that what do you think dennis he'll take a take the no, abuse I- for a change wouldn't you
3: yeah no <laughs> <laughs> all right we'll leave it at I actually, that uh, right. i did have that at oshkosh this uh, this last summer where somebody recognized me and he says i saw the just plain radio logo and i thought at first you might have been greg then i heard your voice and went nope yeah <laughs> so yeah it happens and so feel free come on up say hi introduce yourself uh, we might even put it. you
1: on the radio who knows you know uh, i love talking to the people on the street so to speak you know, so uh, take advantage of the opportunity if you so choose or avoid us at all costs. It just depends on your perspective. And, uh, Dennis, you got the uh, big RV coming in just like Tom, right?
3: What are you doing? That's correct. We're going to do that again this year. It's uh, much more comfortable when you've got the uh, air conditioning. in yes, the Yes,
1: exactly.
3: Yeah, and we'll, we'll see how the does weather does have his standards.
1: What do you mean? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm a oh, big you- fan of the glamping. <laughs> so. That's what uh our crew will be doing thanks to uh Dennis and his R V and and uh R V Tom does the same thing, right? Tom? I mean Oh yeah, had, yeah. Yeah, go to conference at home, air conditioning, uh ice maker and uh blender and margarita maker, we're all set. Yeah. I mean, how about that uh you know the thing where you can order from the local supermarket and have it delivered uh to your campsite area there, to the island. That's a, that's pretty cool. Did they have that that's- before or no? That, that's new, isn't it? Tom, what do you think? Yeah, it
0: is. not that's a new upgrade, and that's going yeah. to be excellent. They're, they are definitely going to be busy because I know so many people would end up leaving,
1: you know, sun and fun to go go into town, right? To Publix or supermarket, get some supplies. What's this
2: now, yeah. I think they're going to do fantastic, and it's going to be a great upgrade.
1: Absolutely, a, a great upgrade. Uh, that's what I thought I heard him say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> really it could be on many levels like that. What do you think, Dennis? Yeah. yeah?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I, last year, I made several trips to that new Publix just off a of County Line Road, just past the campground. It was mm-hmm. very convenient, uh, you know, for those last-minute supplies or you need this or that. You can you can think and have a list built ahead of time, and you know you'll forget something oh, right. or run out of it or, you know, or have right. an unexpected visitors and need to have more food for dinner.
1: We got a grill. Ah, I should have brought a couple more steaks for Greg, and now all we got to do is, uh, you know. Order it up, and they'll bring it over. So it sounds like a great plan. And uh, once again, you'll hear all about it over the next couple weeks. All right. A few other little uh, stories we got to navigate through today. One, which uh, definitely went viral, a Red Bull video. I don't know. Was this last week or last couple weeks? This stunt guy, this Polish stunt guy for Red Bull, uh, did this thing in Dubai. And I don't know. You caught it the same way I did, just by cruising around on YouTube or something. Dennis, or what?
3: <laughs> that's exactly. I yeah. saw the Mike Patey article, We, you know, something about landing on a helipad, and I thought he was talking about the new helipad that he created for the helicopters. They've got a new self-propelled motorized uh, helipad for people that live in, like, air parks where you can't, you know, take and start up right in front of your hangar. Yeah. You have to actually go out to a runway. Well, I thought that that's what this was about, and I started playing, and I'm like, wait a minute. Right. So this is... On a a heliport on a hotel in a carbon cub. Yeah. Uh, You have my attention.
1: (laughs) Right. It it is a wild video. And uh, once again, it was like a Red Bull stunt. And the video was only like, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes long from what I remember uh but it is impressive and it goes into what uh, the idea was like hey we want to land on this fancy hotel in dubai you know it's a 54 story one of those crazy looking sail looking uh hotels they have in uh in dubai and uh, it has a heli- you know helipad on the top of it and they they talked about okay uh, we think we can land our uh, our cub on the top of this thing, and I, I forget what it was. It was like thirty feet or something like that. Round it, maybe.
3: It's seventy five feet across.
1: Oh, is it that far? Okay. Well, now, now but, I'm not anybody but impressed. still seventy five
3: <laughs> feet. What's right. the airplane? It's almost twenty. So you're you talking being able to land in like two two or three plane lengths. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the ultimate in stole. Yeah, short takeoffs exactly. or landings, and,
1: and there's not much room for
3: error. <laughs> and you know they they no, do the video if you uh, land long you're you're if, done if you right. land long you can just take off well but maybe if you land short I, <laughs> I, you well do? i don't know
1: i mean if you if, if he would have uh, overshot it I, I you know maybe he could have you know pulled it out i guess he did but or he, he could have but leading up to the the actual you know attempt uh he failed uh the t- the test when they were doing this uh, video, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, this doesn't go well. But, well, okay, they made a video out of it. Obviously, it must end well. So, you know, we didn't hear about any incidents. But uh, sure enough, uh, you know, they create some drama leading up to the final event, and he does. He lands his uh, cub on the top of this uh, uh, skyscraper in Dubai. It is an impressive feat. He, He seems to make it look really easy, and you know it's not. But then the next phase of it, like, oh wait, now we gotta get the plane off this thing. <laughs> and that was just as impressive. Cause he, he went back to yeah. the edge of the uh uh helipad, uh fired up the engines and and got uh you know, stepped on the brakes, took off, but but the thing he went off the edge and he nosedived and uh uses the uh you know, the air dynamics of, of diving to get the wing wind under his wings to get it uh, leveled out and they were high enough up he could do that but i was like man that would be quite the e-ticket ride you know what i mean
3: well and you know a cub's not very big and so to have the room for the pilot in there with sitting on a pair of uh, cojones that big you know what i'm saying right
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, i I think any pilot could appreciate the effort and the execution of what they did. That was uh, pretty cool. Red Bull ought to do more of that type of stuff as opposed to the nutty yeah, things
3: that they do. Jumping out of an airplane and skydiving into another one. In right. An hour right. special. I yeah, mean, this, no. this is
1: real. Uh, this is some serious piloting skills. The ultimate stall. I mean, with no room for error. <laughs> I thought that was impressive. So, yeah, check it out. I mean, it I definitely caught my eye, caught Dennis's eye. I'm sure RV Tom was thinking, oh, I could do that. He just, yeah, right? In your RV nine, you could, you could do that, right, Tom? Well,
0: it depends on
1: how much headwind you have. I mean, my stall speed is like 44 miles an hour, so... I got like a, at that altitude, you got a 35 mile an hour headwind. I think I I hear a yes, and then we'll leave it at that. All right, more coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation
1: lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive.
0: plane radio the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle
2: why are you going to the airport flying somewhere how'd you guess oh, i saw your luggage and when i noticed the airline ticket i put two and two together yeah, 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 yeah,
1: This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. Okay, so uh, here's an interesting little nugget. Uh, I, been, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos this week, whether it's a guy landing a plane on top of a hotel or uh, Mark Rober. You know, that guy who's like the engineer who's like, you know, he's huge on uh, YouTube. He does so many different cool videos. Yeah, the glitter, cool yeah, the glitter like bomb that. guy. So I see this video. He, he talks about a, a new drone, drone company. And he does this whole 20-minute video on their um, their drones that are, you know, they're probably going to eclipse Amazon and everything, and they're going to be showing up and delivering food. And, you know, it's the next wave of drone stuff. But the thing that caught my eye uh, on this video was the, the company has developed a new uh, drone uh, uh, wing or prop that is way quieter because that was one of the big concerns about when the drones do hit and they do start delivering all this stuff, you know, we're going to have all this buzzing around the neighborhoods and everything and people are going to go nuts and it's going to send everyone over the edge. But uh, this company who's already been doing it in Uganda, evidently delivering medical supplies, created a blade on their drones and it's really odd looking. It looks almost like a, Like a peace sign, like two of the blades, you know, are at one degree and then one sticks out another way. So they're not even equally distributed and maybe one might might even be a little bit longer than the other. But they came up with this blade design that is uh, efficient, but also way, way quieter. And he did a little experiment comparing it to like a leaf blower, your typical, you know, hobbyist drone that you would get at any, uh, you know, uh, drone place or whatever. And then this, and it was like, he was talking and it was, you know, kind of scary. Cause it's kind of the stuff the government probably already is using to sneak up on us and film us and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Dennis, you know what I mean?
3: But, uh, oh, well, I don't think we have to worry about that, because if they would have probably put it on the MQ-9 Reaper that the Russians just sunk.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, the government or the aliens, I don't know. Take your pick. They probably already have Sounds this technology. Like- but it's starting to filter down to, to uh, you know, uh, us. And, and could the next phase be, uh, you know, pilots, you know, where we're going to have you know, some new prop designs. And there is some uh, stuff, press releases uh, coming out. I don't know. Maybe we'll see some stuff at Sun and Fun. But it could potentially make its way down to general aviation eventually, where the prop design you put on your plane might end up being way quieter and making the whole experience better for you as the pilot and for the people you're flying over,
3: you think? There's definitely room for improvement. I mean, I, I've looked at that video, too, with the, its zip line. Uh, yes. We've talked about them in the past doing their delivery. And the prop is considered an asymmetric prop. And I'm I, the only thing I can think of that... that why it would provide the quietness is that you don't have the colliding air from, you know, two blades traversing through the same area. You know, they've got one blade longer, one blade wider, and it's mixing things up more evenly and not providing that cutting slashing feel maybe. Right. Uh, But if you've seen too, and you you probably in your boating show, I'm sure you've covered this, but there's some very unique uh, propeller designs out there that they're looking to adapt to drones as well that are, more shaped like a figure eight or an infinity symbol where they don't have tips. They're a continuous blade. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing by eliminating that tip is you don't have that, uh, that noise from that high spinning tip going around. It's a continuous blade. Uh, I think it's intriguing. Uh, it may take some airplane redesigns, airplanes like my Mooney where you've got an adjustable uh, blade. You can't really adjust it if it's a one piece. So, you know, with elect switching to electric where you can fine tune the power plant, um, this might open up a lot of interesting new ideas for propellers.
1: I have no doubt it, it will very well uh, do be the case. I mean, in the boating world, we've covered it on our boating show, like you said, and that uh, prop you're talking about is making some waves. Uh, but the, but you still have uh-huh. the yeah, but you you have the uh, dilemma uh, of of giving up a little bit of efficiency for this new technology that you know it might get the boat up on plane quicker. But it may not go quite as fast under the same RPM. So it's you know they're trying to figure out this from a scientific standpoint. But if it's more efficient, you'll get farther. uh, You know, with the same amount of power put into it. So that would be a win. And in theory, too, on the blade thing with the the prop you're talking about, you know, we initially we thought, well, look, if it has a ring around it and you don't have the sharp blades, that's going to be better for the environment. It's going to be quieter. That was the big selling point too. But I was also thinking, well, okay, it has a ring around it, so the you don't have those sharp edges sticking out there. If a boat runs over somebody and cuts them up, or a manatee or something like that, maybe this would be a better option for them. And then I saw uh, an experiment with the prop and uh that wasn't so much the case <laughs> because it, you know like your traditional prop would cut right through anything it in, interacts with but this new type of prop it, you'd think well maybe it would just kind of bounce off or just whack it or some nope nope it takes just big chunks <laughs> out instead it was kind of intimidating like wow that's not that's not one of the selling points of the it's not necessarily safer but it is quieter and it is potentially more Efficient, so will it uh, you know come over to the uh, aviation world eventually? maybe, and you know when, when you combine that with uh, electric power, I mean, I, gosh, if they can make the props that quiet on these drones, if they can transfer that over to an airplane and then have uh, you know electric power like a drone would, I mean we could potentially be flying planes like uh, gliders and uh, under Don't power. Really?
3: You think as far as sound, Remember, wise. there's this resurgence. We have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the development done in these EV talls, you know, Joby's making a lot of, uh, a lot of waves in the industry right now with their tilt rotor based, uh, uh, drone or, you know, electric airplane yeah. and they're going to have like seven propellers on this thing. So if they can cut the noise down to where, you know, you don't have seven drones going, you know, in the air yeah. at once. Uh, that's going to make a huge, it, it'll make acceptance much better. You won't have people in New York complaining about stop the chop with helicopters in the helipad because you just won't hear them. Right. Or the noise will be so low, they will get lost in the background. That would be the ideal. So Exactly. I, I'm encouraging this drones. Who would, who would have thought that the drone market would be an experimental platform for full-scale airplanes too?
1: Yeah. On that uh, video that I saw from uh, Mark Rober, Rober? What's his, what's his name again? What is it's it?
3: Rober. Rober, okay. so Mark Rober, yeah.
1: So he said, uh, you know, when he was doing the sound comparison, he said, you know, the traditional drone uh, was whiny that we've all heard. It's like, oh, gosh, if you had hundreds of those flying around the neighborhood, you'd go insane. But he, he compared it to, you know, not only was it quieter, it had a much calmer kind of white noise kind of hum to it. Uh, so it'd almost be like putting everybody in a... In a trance. Um, <laughs> so maybe it, uh, it might be good overall, too. It'd be like ocean sounds or flying around the skies in the future. I don't know. It's, it's the future. Uh, it's coming whether you like it or not. And uh, we're trying to keep you ahead of the curve there when it comes to that. Another little uh, news story uh, came out that I, I don't know how I feel about this. You know what? I don't really care because I know I know my stuff. And the FAA put out an uh, announcement that they're going to shorten the time for your written exam time limit. So it's going from what to what, Dennis? What is it?
3: Uh, from two and a half hours to two hours now to take the same 60-question test.
1: Ah, uh, that's easy. I mean, two, two and a half hours I thought was way too long anyway. I mean, I, when I did it the first time, I, I think I did it in an hour and a half, if that. Don't you think sixty but, questions? If it's taking you two and a half hours, you're wasting way too much time. I think, or you don't know it that well,
3: or well enough. I think that's the point. I think uh, there there is way too much time being allocated, but some of the justification for it, I don't get. Um, you know, it's down to a single vendor now. PSI. They have scaled back uh, the number of test centers because. They cut back the reimbursement rates. So they're trying to make it easier for these people to uh, administer the test because they don't have to spend as much time.
1: All right. So you think it's just a money thing, huh? Ultimately, it
3: always comes down to money, doesn't it? Right. It
1: does. All right. More coming up on Just Plane Radio.
0: Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Takeoff off with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle.
2: Six bucks in my right, and that says we're not landing in Chicago.
0: condition to try. Gotta keep my eyes from the
1: This is Just playing Radio, Greg, a co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Dennis and RV Tom. All right, so, uh, you know, the written tests, they're shortening the time limit to two hours from two and a half hours. Uh, I think it was way too long anyway. I mean, whether they're doing it just to help the examiners or the companies that are administering the test so they can, you know, uh, pump more pilots or potential pilots through the system, maybe. But uh, I remember when I took the test, I was like, "Really? You got two and a half hours for sixty questions?" That's—I uh, mean, I—I I, I think I took an hour and a half, maybe. But then, you know, the, uh, if you know the stuff, which at the time I knew it, now I—I'm not so sure. I'd probably need every uh, every minute uh, and then some. But at the time, if you know, you know, you know stuff, you whip right through it. Like, yep, I know the answer to that one. Nowhere next, 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 and it was not an issue. And I, I think two hours oh. is plenty. I do.
3: It is, but it is putting a little bit extra pressure on new pilots, and this is the first time they've taken an FAA test. It's the first time they've used that computer-based training, most likely. So, I mean, I think we're adding a little extra pressure that we didn't need to. Um, I agree with you, though, that if you know the not, if you know the, the subject matter, you should be able to get through it in no time. I think I took my CFII uh, written test, and it took me twenty minutes. But by this point in your career, you've gone through so many of these tests, and a lot of it is repetitive, same types of questions. You know how the FAA, ans- you know, asks the questions, so it becomes easier as you get up higher in the ratings. Maybe so. Now but I will say, first one
1: what, when I did do the test, uh, I did I, I didn't necessarily get a hundred percent, but I uh, passed. You don't
3: want a hundred percent, though. You don't. Why? Think about that. What would your DPE say when you come up to him and with a perfect written test? Ah, we got a Mr. Know-it-all. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. And what is he going to do? He's going to probe every single corner of the ACS to see if you really do know it all. Mm. So I'd rather pass with, you know, a high 70, maybe an 80, uh, somewhere in that area. Right. Because you don't know everything. You're not perfect, but you can sit down with your instructor. Cover the, you know, remedial training to go over the areas that you were found deficient. Yeah. And that gives him some sort of a little flight plan, too. It's so, okay. Well, he missed these areas. Let's talk about that. And then, you know, he maybe won't dig as deep. Yeah. Well, so, uh,
1: the one questions or the few questions I got wrong, uh, I think I actually did about a 70 or, I mean, uh, uh, about an 80, if I remember uh, right. But the questions were, were like uh, trick questions. Like, when I went back over, I'm like, I missed what? And they're like, oh, crap. Should have been C instead of D. I should have known that. You know, it was really just because I was zipping through it and wasn't paying attention. You know, as cu- as closely. Some as I of should those have.
3: test questions are are really poorly written too. They, right. they I want to you to look at a performance chart and you're you're supposed to go across this graph up here, taking the headwind minus mm-hmm. the tail. You do all of that. You're trying to do that on this book with a piece of uh, acetate and a straight edge, and you can't write on it and draw lines like you would in the real, the manual. Right. So there's a lot of slop in those answers, and they'll give you two answers that are real close to each other. It's like, Mm -hmm. really? (laughs) They'll try to trick you. uh, Exactly. Yeah. So so uh, depending how you interpolate between two values could be the right or wrong. Uh, So I don't like that that part of it. So go Uh, go for the middle ground and you'll be fine.
1: Well, okay.
3: I mean, I I still would want to get a hundred percent.
1: I mean, if you know it, you know it. And if, and then if the examiner, you know, if he comes in with the attitude, like this guy got a hundred percent, let's find out. Well, if he got a hundred percent and it was legit, he's going to be able to answer anything he asks. And that just makes you a better pilot, more confident in your, uh, you know, uh, skills, I think.
3: But are you, are you hurting the next pilot? Because the FAA gets those numbers, too. And they look to see. And if they start seeing a pattern of people getting 100%, they start to wonder to why. The and then harder. they start changing questions. Mm, yeah.
1: Okay. So All right. Dennis has thought this through a little bit more than I. And that's why he's a CFI, I guess. And we'll, uh, we'll and leave it at that. That's why
3: you're still a student pilot. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: yeah. True. Uh, perpetual at this point. But we'll it'll, it'll get there eventually. All right. We got another story. Uh, th- this involves uh, hangars and space uh, for them, and this is uh, where exactly they're having a problem in Yakima,
3: uh- Washington.
1: Okay, what's the problem there with their hangar so, space?
3: So, Yakima, Washington, the the city and the airport administration—they've got a grand plan to redevelop the airport. They're trying to eliminate some, you know, old hangars and old, you know, dil- dilapidated and falling down buildings okay. and improve the overall airport. Upgrade. I, I, this it. is great. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if a business is going to go and upgrade something, they usually put a replacement in before they get rid of the first one because they want to keep their cu- customers happy. Right. And but think, in this yeah. case, yeah, Yakima went ahead and sent out eviction notices effective uh, May 31st for 20 T hangars that they're going to be demolishing. Well, that's, that's great. We're going to get new hangars, but not for three three or more years. There's currently no bids to even develop them. So where are those 20 hangars full of aircraft and equipment supposed to go? Hmm. There's a, a nationwide shortage of GA hangars. It's very difficult to find space. I, I'm fortunate. I live in an air park. I don't have to deal with that now. I've got space in my own garage, and I only have to com- you know compete with my wife's car. Uh, right. for space so this is this is a much better situation but um this is going on all over the country uh, scottsdale arizona is supposed to be removing 72 hangers and shades um 51 hangers are scheduled to be removed in uh, birmingham alabama another 47 in colorado uh, back in minnesota we saw this happen at the field i was based at they bought up an 11 unit uh, t hanger building tore it down and put two box hangers up so eleven airplanes were displaced, so that you could have two fancy big door hangars, and each of them put one Cirrus in it.
1: Well, that's uh, so
3: the overall hmm. net capacity of the airport went down, but you do have two very nice looking hangars instead of some forty-year-old you know T hangers Yeah. So, well, I mean, so I in get this, it that we got to refresh the stock. Well, but yeah, but this uh, situation—did
1: did they uh, are they planning to put the new hangars in the place where the old one was? Or not necessarily. No, uh, that doesn't make no, any that's sense. It, that's like build the new right. ones first and then the people can move into there and then you demolish them. That's that's where logic would come into play, but not uh, they're, they're not a big fan of that. Well,
3: this is not government process. logic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, government logic doesn't apply here. And that's exactly why AOPA has stepped in and said, hey. Can you help us out and, you know, can you look at maybe building those new hangars before you kick these right. uh, planes out and displace them for up to three years? Mm-hmm. So they say it like that, that, or the do they just call them up? Sense.
1: Or do they call them up and just, hey, you big dummies, <laughs> what are we supposed to do with all these yeah. airplanes? See, that'd be me. I think AAPA is a done. little more subtle. Diplomatic. Right. That's why yeah. they're them a little and political. I'm me. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, same uh, sentiment. We'll go with that. All right. Okay. So, uh, look, we, uh, are almost uh, ready for our sun and fun shows. Uh, we got a couple RVs. We're going to be there. RV Tom's going to have his RV. Uh, Dennis is going to have his, uh, RV there with a big Just Plane radio banner on it. If you see it, come by, bug us, whatever, and uh, say hi. Uh, you're also going to fly your airplane in, too, though, right, Dennis? Is that the plan?
3: Yeah. My son's actually going to bring the airplane up because he has to work later in the week. So he's going to fly up, park the airplane, and come stay with us at the camper. All right. So I'll have the I'll have my plane there for a couple of days. Uh, maybe I can make good on uh, meeting up with Rob Irwin from Aircraft Spruce and taking him for a ride or something. Now that he's a private pilot, well, oh, he may take a- you for a ride then if you well, let him. <laughs> but he—he he, I don't know if he's had a chance to fly an air—you know—a constant speed retractable gear airplane. I know as a new student pilot or a new private pilot, I was, was always looking forward to being able to uh, grab that lever and put the gear up. But that—that that would be so fun. So, right, you know, maybe we can get a get a little chance to go take a little ride around the area. And, yeah. Can have them fly into an air show for the first time. That might be kind of fun. We'll see if we can make that work out. Okay.
1: And uh, you know, uh, RV Tom's going to be there with Velocity. He'll probably be flying some of those aircraft around uh, next week. Is that the plan? That's the plan. All we right. should have
0: about 25 or 30. It's called Velocity Row. We're hoping to have about 25 or 30
1: velocities all lined up. Wow. Okay. Well, at the end of the show, there should be an extra one for me, and I'll take it. And on that note, before he can respond, we're going to wrap it up. Remember, there's no better
3: I... <laughs> and learning to to fly.
0: flying and the aviation lifestyle.